0: Void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Basketball season is
0: finally here, Big 12 fans. And for your home for men's and women's basketball, come to
1: Midwest Madness. We are doing game coverages, going over game analysis, different rankings of teams, and consistently looking at the best matchups in the conference. You're not going to want to miss out on all the amazing basketball coverage we have. So go check out Midwest Madness. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. And welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I am your host, Andy Mitts. This is it. This is our final preview. Yes, we've had multiple previews already this week for the Final Four, but let me tell you, Final Four is a special occasion. you got to celebrate. you got to talk about it as much as you possibly can. Um, and look, I am not superstitious by any means, or at least not as superstitious as some people I know, but we've had this guest on every single game, or before every single game in the NCAA tournament. I'm not going to break the streak now, even though he's not actually able to be on site this time. Uh, it is coming back to the podcast, one of our analysts over at Blue Wings Rising and one of the hosts of 580 Sports Talk over on WIBW-FM over in Topeka. It is Brendan Drosinski. Brendan, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing well, Andy. Yeah, a uh, little bummed I'm not down in uh, in New Orleans to be covering this one, but it's the Final Four. I mean, how can you not be excited about this, amped up about it? And uh, yeah, no, happy to be back. i I'm not usually superstitious unless it comes to sports. And at this point, I don't want to ruin any of the juju. I am happy to to come on and keep the trend going as much as we can.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's actually kind of funny because I think back to all the times that Kansas has made the final four when I've been alive and like, I don't know that I would want to interrupt the ability to celebrate by actually working the game, like actually being there and having to cover it and sitting on press row. So it's one of those things. If you get the opportunity to do it, I'm sure at some point I'll do it. Like I'll go down and actually cover one uh, mm-hmm. if if I'm doing this long enough. But this one is such like it was such not I, I'm not going to say a shock, but I, I think it was so satisfying to be able to get to the final four with this particular team because of all the questions. You know, because of all the drama surrounding Remy Martin, the fact that he was the one able to kind of push them to the Final Four, and also kind of the fact that, you know, just two years ago, there was one that was essentially stolen from the Jayhawks because we had didn't have a tournament because of COVID. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of emotion going into this one, a lot of stuff happening with this one that I don't know that I could have properly celebrated if I was one of the people that had actually had to go down and cover it, so... Um, but talking about celebrating this final four, I, I kind of want to just go back when, when Kansas had that amazing second half against Miami, what were your thoughts about that? What did you really kind of think about that Was it more of a moment of celebration or was it thinking ahead about, Oh my gosh, this team played so phenomenally like that could carry them to a championship.
2: For me, it was more celebration. You know, I do the best I can to stay in the moment just from a fan perspective. And, and even when I, you know, I'm, I'm covering games for, for 580 at out of Topeka, like, I was always been a fan first. Like the reason I got into doing sports media and sports radio in general is because I'm I'm a fan and, and that's, you know, the kind of thing you enjoy. So, you know, when KU goes on that run and, you know, David McCormick has that jam in transition. He has the the crazy and one right before the, the media, first media time out of the second half. I, I tried to keep it calm because, you know, I was I was working there, but I also, I got pretty jacked up. There weren't many people near me, so it was okay. But I mean, it was just sort of, you know, living in the moment that, wow, they're doing this again. And it doesn't feel like it's going to quite be like in 2018, the last time KU got to the final four, because I was working that as well. And that was in Omaha. And I remember, you know, that Duke team was so good. Marvin Bagley and all those dudes were on that team. And they went right down to the wire. I mean, it went to overtime and, and Malik went crazy. Heck, Grace Nallen had that shot that should have fallen twice, three times, and eventually didn't. Like, this one wasn't quite as stressful. This one was more KU was playing – so well Miami pretty much gave up on any amount of strategy by about the 10 minute mark of the second half and you could tell okay yeah this one's pretty much over KU's cruising going to the final four like I I just want to bask in this and celebrate it and two I had the foresight to know there's going to be a lot of talk this week there's going to be all this well can KU finally win another title can self get another I I knew that was coming but you know it's it's so funny college basketball. And I know people who follow the sport and care about the sport know this, but it's the only sport that we is, you know, a major deal in America, where the championship is obviously a huge deal, but just getting to the semifinals is treated almost almost in the same way. Not quite as much as winning a title, but you, you hang a banner. Like blue blood programs hang banners for getting to the semifinals, which is crazy. But also, I mean, that's I guess that's just kind of the you know, the weirdness of college sports sometimes. And they bill it as the road to the final four. Bill Self even talked about that in Chicago. Like They bill it as the road to the final four and you feel accomplished. It feels like something big. So to me, just feeling like a, a fan, maybe even a working one with a press pass. It felt like, wow, th- this is something accomplished, like the f- opening game at Allen Fieldhouse in november of 2022 they're going to reveal the 2022 numbers on the final four banner in the rafters like that is something to be celebrated and you know whatever happens on saturday and hopefully it's a win whatever potentially could happen on monday and again hope it's a win like this is awesome this group like you you alluded to andy like didn't know what remy martin was ever going to be able to do there were all the rumors is he going to play again midway through the big 12 season he ends up being the most outstanding player of the region. Jalen Wilson's been awesome. Ochai is a national player of the year candidate. Like this is a perfect time to just sit back and say, this season has been exceptionally fun. This is a remarkably likable group of guys who play for this KU team this year. And like, there's a reason there's time to be stressed and good reason to be, because who knows how these next two games are possibly going to go, but also just celebrate it. Like this is fun. This is what you live for. This is what you play for. And, uh i'm just glad we get to talk about this and get to enjoy another final four moment
1: yeah for sure i mean and and kind of to your point about you know it's the road to the final four i think a lot of that has to do with back when you know you would get to the final four and you'd be part of all the festivities and if you lost in your first game you'd get to play in the third place game and like I mean, it was an entire weekend it was a celebration everybody getting together for the crowning achievements of the year right to finish it off by crowning a champion but even if you just made it to the final four, you were part of all those celebrations. You were part of the big festivities. And so it was, you know, it started to become something like that, but then as the tournament expanded, you know, and, and as we've added more and more teams, it's gotten harder and harder to even get to that point. And it's still the huge party that we have, you know, down in new Orleans this time, but wherever the location is, you know, it is still an accomplishment to get through that gamut of players, or I'm sorry, gamut of of teams, right. That are, that are much more difficult. Everybody who gets to this point has had a phenomenal end of their season. And so I think that's why everybody, including, you know, blue blood teams will hang the banner for it because it really is hard to do. It is one of the hardest things to do in all of sports because of the the tournament format, the way that it's set up single elimination. You know, it's it's difficult to get to this point, no matter how good your team is. And so, yeah, it's definitely something to be celebrated. It's something to really enjoy. And I agree. Like, this is one of those things where you just you have to have fun with all of it. You know, it doesn't happen nearly often enough for some of these teams that are still really good. Um, You know, and we used to talk about it all the time when we're over at Rock Chalk Talk like this is the tournament is a crapshoot. There are so many ways that things could go absolutely horribly wrong for absolutely phenomenal teams that you have to be happy about getting to this point, no matter no matter what your expectations are. Now, granted, coming into this Final Four, like I, I do think that most Kansas fans are expecting Kansas to get to the title game and and probably have a really good shot at winning it, even if they were to face Duke. Um, but it is one of those things, like this season has absolutely been a success, regardless of what happens from here on out. And I think that's that's the best part. Um, you know, to your to your point, talking about just enjoying it. And and, you know, having fun with all of it and, and how the guys are having fun with it. Like I've I've seen a lot of the videos that get that got put out this week so far, and you can tell these guys are having an absolutely phenomenal time down there. They're really enjoying it. They're I fully expect them to be super loose going into this game, even though it's against, you know, Villanova, who seems to be Kansas' kryptonite in the final four <laughs> or 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 getting to the final four. Um, like it is one of those things where They are going to have a lot of fun doing it. And Kansas fans, regardless of the outcome, should enjoy this ride at this point. You know, I also think that this is one of my favorite weeks of the entire season, right? Because, sure, it's absolutely phenomenal if you win the championship and next week's going to be great. But at that point, the season's over. And it's like, you know, we we, we don't get to watch this team anymore. Like, we're going to see a completely different team the next time they step on the court. And, yes, you can celebrate the fact that they're champions. But this is, like, the week where you have achieved something. You've gotten to that final stage. Everybody enjoys the fact that they're there. You can celebrate all week long um, before the games actually start. So I love this week. I love talking about this week, and I'm glad I was able to do now three different episodes talking about making it. Or I'm sorry, four different episodes now talking about making it to the Final Four um, and just how phenomenal of an accomplishment that was. So looking at this game, looking at this team, um, what has impressed you the most about this Kansas team in the the final part of the season? You know, the the, the Big Twelve tournament run and now this run to the Final Four.
2: I think for me, it's the way that they've been able to win in different ways. And part of that is because they've got so many different options. You look at the, the core six players, because KU's really been using about a seven or eight man rotation, I mean, really seven, but the, the core six Remy's effectively a starter. He's playing quote unquote starter, like minutes, even though he's being the the energy guy off the bench, but any of those dudes could go off. You look at the, the starting five and, yeah, Dewan Harris, probably not the best candidate to go up. But even he's in a couple games this year where he got into double figures. He had that crazy circus layup against Miami. He, he's got offensive skills, and he can facilitate, if nothing else. When David McCormick is in the right headspace, I mean, KU's best team in the country, or at least the best team that's left. I mean, when, if he's playing like he played in those first 10 minutes of the second half against Miami, against Nova or UNC or Duke or whoever – I mean, KU is so much better and just gets to a higher plane. Ochai Abaji, like I said, consensus All-American, player of the year candidate. Jalen Wilson, I think, has, and we talked about this uh, during the games in Chicago, too. I think Jalen Wilson's been incredible, and it's been overlooked a little bit because McCormick gets talked about all the time. Ochai, all the accolades. Remy Martin has been incredible. He's on this list, too. Jalen Wilson has been awesome, and he's been awesome pretty much for the entirety of calendar year 2022 since he had that slow start through the first 10 games. Uh, after the the suspension to start the year I mean he's been fantastic and Jay Wright on Thursday this week said he's like a bigger Josh Hart we remember Josh Hart at Villanova and how good he was he's had a nice career in the NBA so far too he says that's all great until you realize you have to guard him and part of that is Jay Wright trying to butter up KU because that's what coaches do in, in these big games at really in any sport at any level but I mean that's true like they're The skill set is there to be a truly sensational player And I think he has been. That's why I I keep going on and on about him, but you've got so many different guys who can attack you. So many different guys who can shoot score in different ways, play different roles. You you look at Ochai as a great example of this and self has talked about this a ton. He can affect the game so much, even when he is not scoring the ball. I mean, the game against Providence, we had five points, he had four blocks in the game. He's not a shot blocker, but he did a great job doing that. He attracts a ton of attention. So You've just got all these guys who can attack you in different ways. Mitchell Lightfoot is playing the best basketball of his 900-year KU career. Like he's doing really well right now as well. So the fact for me that you have seen games where KU has won in blowouts, you know, West Virginia in the Big 12 tournament. Obviously, Texas Southern, second half against Miami when everything was clicking just to a perfect degree. You've seen grinded out games. You've seen games where KU has been in control, but it's had to hold on looking, you know, the first example like Providence. And then that last one I brought up like Creighton in the second round, the fact that they've been able to win so many ways because they have so many ways they can attack you has really been the most impressive thing for me. And it gives me some encouragement for this Villanova game on Saturday and maybe a game after that, that whatever teams are throwing at them, they can they can come away with the win. They can figure it out. It's even a contrast to me. And I I'm really going deep in here, but you know you look at the 2018 team because that's been talked about a lot. since the last time KU made it to the Final Four, and that team had Udoka, which was huge, having an elite rim protectors great, but he was also hurt during the tournament that year with the, the uh, knee injury. I don't remember if it was a ligament or the meniscus, but with the knee injury but they had dudes who could shoot. I mean, Devontae Svee and Malik Newman all were incredible and they just let it fly. This team, I think has a little more depth to their scoring because they've got so many different dudes, dudes who can slash, shoot, whatever it might be spot up occasionally as well uh, inside the arc. So just the, you know, I know this is all circling back to the same point over and over, but the fact that so many different guys can affect you in so many different ways has been, I think the the best part of this run so far. And I think is, what they're going to have to rely on depending on what they'll see from Villanova, a Villanova team that might have to do some things different without Justin Moore.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and we kind of talked about this before the Creighton game, you know, the fact that you lose a guy like that and don't have any real film on what they do without that guy. Like that makes it difficult. Um, but I think kind of to your point, this is a much more versatile team because they have so many different guys that can do so many different things. Like you, you go back to that 2018 team, they had a lot of really great three point shooters, but Kansas essentially attacked from the outside, shooting a bunch of threes, or they went to doke on the inside and, and, you know, dunked basically. Like it was one of those things that they, for, for all the guys that they had that theoretically could do a bunch of different things, they didn't utilize very much of them. And so it was, if you can't, you know, if they're not making three point shots, and you know a team like villanova is making a ton of three point shots there's not much you can do because they didn't have a lot of other tried and true you know tested other options um this team is completely different they have so many different guys that can do so many different things that if you know if if jalen wilson isn't scoring well then he's contributing by getting a whole bunch of rebounds you know if if christian brown isn't hitting threes well he's you know getting good drives to the basket and he's getting big kickouts and all this stuff if you know if if mccormick isn't hitting those turnaround jumpers after he bounces off a guy and down in the lane, you know, he he's getting good passes. The outside, he's finding the guy that is cutting to the basket and making the interior pass. Something that I don't know that that, that 2018 was that great at. And so it's one of those things. They have so many different options. They have so many different ways and they have players that can do multiple things instead of what we had in previous iterations, where it was a guy that did, you know, had a very specific role, but really couldn't do much if, if, if it wasn't falling for him or if the other team, found a way to kind of shut that specific thing down. But the one thing that really jumps out to me about this team is really the defense. Like, you know, at some, at, at one point, this was the 53rd ranked team in Ken according to defense. They are now at 18th and honestly, I don't, I don't know what adjusted because I looked earlier this week and they were at 17th, but something happened between, between yesterday and today that somehow they dropped a spot, but that's all right. Um, this is a top 20 defensive team, which is really crazy to think about when, you know, we've seen so many times where it looked like the defense was the issue on this team. Um, you know, they have won in a bunch of different ways where they've had huge offensive blowouts, but then also where they've had those lockdown Defensive games and I thought Miami was a perfect example of them being able to do both at the same time that they haven't really done at all this year except for maybe the Baylor game, you know, in, in Lawrence. And so it's one of those things where they are peaking at the right time. They've shown in the tournament a bunch of different things they can do, not even just like what we talked about individual players, but this team and the identity of this team has changed so many times, even in just the last two weeks that you know, I'm fairly confident that no matter what Villanova throws at them, that they're going to find a way to get through. They're going to find a way to do what they need to do to be able to move on. It helps that Villanova has depth issues. Like It helps that there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's happening around that program right now that Kansas can kind of take advantage of, and the guys are feeling it so well. But this team has so many options that you know it's almost it's almost helpful because you were you were talking about coming into the week you know like normally we were talking about oh well you know is bill stuff going to be able to win a championship and all that stuff normally that would be the dominant story right like kansas you know getting back to the final four um you know they they're playing villanova a team that absolutely slaughtered them last time like all of this kind of stuff um, the fact that Duke and North Carolina, I'm I'm actually come full circle where I'm actually kind of happy that the other game is the one that everyone talks about because we don't have to listen to asinine takes about, you know, Bill Self can't win the big one again and all of this additional stuff. So it's like as much as I wish they wouldn't focus solely on Duke and North Carolina and pretend like Kansas Villanova aren't here. Jayhawk fans should be happy that, you know, the conversation isn't about Bill Self and the fact that he hasn't won a title, um, you know, since that 2008, even though he had, you know, potentially two teams that made it to the final four and they, you know, really got blown out in that in that last one. Like, I didn't want to spend an entire week talking or rehashing what happened to Kansas the last time in the kind of frame of, oh, well, look what happened to them last time. They're not going to be able to do it again. And so the fact that we've been able to have those conversations intelligently and kind of look at what's happening here without the national media just spouting out hot takes about, you know, Bill Self and Kansas, I think it's kind of been a blessing in disguise as much as we don't like to hear about Duke and North Carolina all the time.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I think that's, you know, just from a keeping your sanity perspective is absolutely one of the, the hidden jewels of this week. And the funny thing is like Duke and North Carolina should be a good game. North Carolina is playing really well right now. Duke is playing really well right now, but like Jay Wright with this Villanova team versus KU and, and Bill self with these Jayhawks. Like this is an unbelievable matchup. If you had anything Granted, K being there because it's his last year, we have to, you know, slobber all over him. Obviously, that's going to dominate headlines. But if you had, you know, North Carolina versus, versus Texas Tech, for example, or, or versus Arkansas, like KU Villanova would be talked about as like, wow, this is a matchup of a team that has been the bastion of consistency in Villanova for close to a decade-ish at this point, versus KU, which has always been good, often really, really good, That is, you know, on the quest to get back to the mountaintop, like this would be a headline grabbing game. It just so happens to be the most talked about, we'll put it that way, rivalry in the sport is happening on the other side of the bracket. So I would imagine, you know, from our perspective, like I said, it it helps us keep our sanity a little bit, but I wonder how it affects the players, too, because. I mean, we know players listen to these things. Players are are on their phones, they're on Twitter, they're on wherever they watch TV. I mean, they know what people are saying. And maybe this is something you can spin it with. And I think Bill Self is doing this with his guys from from what I've heard is that, like, hey, no one's paying attention to you. Like this weekend has not been made about you. It is about you, but no one is making it out to be about you. So use that for something, go out and show, Hey, by the way, we don't care that it's coach K's last year. We don't care that North Carolina has six national championships. They're looking for number seven. We don't care about that. This is our time to go do it. I mean, that's, that's what it takes to motivate college basketball teams sometime. And I think KU can, can use that to their advantage, but it's kind of funny. And it makes me think, you know, how much do people, you know, care about the final four versus how much do they care about the, the Duke North Carolina rivalry, which, in a way kind of stinks for college basketball, because this, this should be a celebration of a week, even beyond KU fans. Like this should be a celebration of the sport of college basketball, of a really fun NCAA tournament, uh, the return to normalcy in the NCAA tournament. And instead it's just become, here's 19 stories about Mike Krzyzewski, which if I was Bill Self, if I was Curtis Townsend, Norm Roberts, Jeremy Kaye's like, I'm telling these dudes that all the time, like, you know, Remy's running down the court after after a drill or after taking, you know, doing shoot around or whatever. Hey, by the way, Remy, nobody's talking about you. You were the best player in the regional round of the uh, NCAA tournament, the regional weekend, uh, and no one's talking about you. Just, just keep that in the back of your mind. I'd use that to motivate these guys too.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, you're right. Like it is one of those things. It should be a celebration of the entire, the entire Final Four weekend, but it has definitely turned into a, Let's talk about like, yeah, it's 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 a cool factoid, right? That Duke and North Carolina, the first time that they've ever met in the NCAA tournament is in the final four in Coach K's last year. And I'm sure it'll be a great trivia question, you know, that's, you know, on a broadcast 20 years down the road or something like that. But it's not the only thing happening this week. And to be honest, it's not going to be as big of a deal if Duke isn't able to kind of seal the win. And so the fact that it's not a guarantee, like the way that they're talking about it, right? It's almost like it's a guarantee that whoever wins Duke, North Carolina is going to win the national title. When, of course, everyone's forgetting that the last, you know, or every single time Kansas and Villanova played in the NCAA tournament, whoever wins that game goes on to win the title. So, I mean, I don't know why we're talking about Duke, North North Carolina, because we all know that, you know, the title is already decided at this point. So, um, but no, I mean, (laughs) it's one of those things where, like, it has gotten to that point where that's all anybody nationally wants to talk about. Um, That's why I've been super grateful to find the people that are wanting to break down You know, the actual matchups that are wanting to take a look at this without trying to cloud it as, oh, my gosh, this tournament is so great because look what that one matchup is in the final four. Instead, it's look at how great this tournament has been because of all of the fantastic upsets we saw early, like all of the early intrigue. You know, we have a bunch of really good teams here in the final four that everybody can talk about and Hey, we just happen to have a really cool matchup in there as well, but let's, let's talk about everybody. And so I've been really happy to have that. Let's go ahead and take a look though at the matchup or I'm sorry, at some, some individual players I, like looking at this weekend, whether you want to focus just on who's going to have a good game against Villanova or kind of an entire great weekend as a whole, um, which, which players are you looking specifically to for those star matchups that we're having this weekend?
2: So the the players on the KU side that I'm looking toward, I'll start with Jalen Wilson, because I already raved about him earlier. I mean, he has just been so solid. I mean, I pretty much already went into all of it earlier on in the show, but the fact that he is going to be such a difficult matchup, I think, for Villanova, and I, I mentioned the Jay Wright comments, and I know he's just buttering up KU, and it's typical coach at the Final Four, you know, coach speak, but... I really do think he is going to be a matchup problem for Villanova. His rebounding is such a big deal. And like you said earlier, too, I mean, he doesn't need to score the ball like crazy to make a big impact in the game. I mean, he didn't score very much in the game against Miami, but he did rebound the ball especially well. I think the number was 14 in that game. I mean, he has been such a, I hate using this cliche, but he's been the Swiss Army Knife player for KU. He does so many different things. I love the way he runs the floor. I think he might be the most challenging matchup for Villanova because of the next guy I'm going to bring up. And that's Ochai baji And I think I buy into what Bill Self said, following the elite eight game, that seeing the ball go in a little bit more and going eight of 12 from the floor and getting to 18 points and playing in rhythm, knocking down a three pointer. I really do think that's going to give Ochai more confidence going into this final four matchup. And when you have to focus all sorts of attention on Ochai, because he is, so good and so talented. And if he gets hot, he is as hot as anybody in the country. You can't focus extra attention on a Jalen Wilson, or you can't focus extra attention. Maybe it's CB. Maybe it's Christian Brown who pops off in this game. It'd be great to see him go off because, you know, maybe it's his last weekend at KU. If he decides to go test the NBA after this, I mean, there's a lot of things out there. So you have to hope one, these guys don't focus on that too much. And, Oh no, I got to have a big star performance. They just play their game. But Ochai coming off of a big game like he had in the second half, specifically against Miami, he is going to draw attention. Villanova is not going to say, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll take our chances just focusing normal amounts of attention on number 30. Well, that would be dumb. And Jay Wright's not dumb. Jay Wright's one of the best coaches in college basketball. He, he's an amazing coach. And that's why it pisses me off every time KU loses to him because he's classy and well-dressed and good at what he does. And I'm like, can you do something wrong? Like, can you be a, a jerk? Can you do something to, to give me a better reason to hate you other than just beating my favorite team. But, but my point being, I think Ochai and Jalen Wilson, because Ochai has the confidence. Now he finally got the lid off for himself. He had a game where he was able to score, score effectively, take some rhythm threes, see the ball go in the hole. Villanova is going to have to focus attention on him. And if I'm picking someone else, who's then going to get to pick up the slack and step up as Ochai dragging in all this attention, I'm going to go with the guy who I think has been maybe KU's most consistent player even more than Remy Martin recently that's Jalen Wilson and I think without Justin Moore out there again to go back to that injury for Villanova and your heart breaks for the dude because you get hurt in the waning seconds of an Elite Eight game you've got a legitimate national title shot and it's just heartbreaking for him but at the same time I mean you're not going to apologize for getting lucky in the NCAA tournament if you're KU and without him out there there are going to be some really difficult matchups for the Wildcats, especially on the defensive end. But scoring the ball too, is a 15 point a game scorer. It's going to be hard to replace that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, and I mean, I I definitely agree with your point about Jalen Wilson. Well, and I mean, all of them, honestly. Um, I I do wonder specifically Christian Brown if he can have you know in the Final Four and the championship game a run similar to what like Mario Tombers did right with with the title, the, the last title the Jayhawks won where no one was really talking about his pro prospects, like going into that game. Like, it's like, yeah, like he might go right. Like he could, if he really wanted to, but no one really expected him to, to even potentially get drafted if, if he were to decide to leave. Um, and of course he makes the shot, you know, like you don't even have, have to actually talk about it, like the shot. And honestly, I think that one shot really got it, got him into the bottom of the first round. And then he goes on to have a phenomenal career in the NBA. Like Brown has the opportunity to do something similar to that, right? Where if he comes in and has a phenomenal performance on that gigantic stage, like the NBA draft is all about potential. And if you can see a guy step up like that, even if you don't necessarily think he's going to have it consistently forever, like, you know, in the NBA that you can have a performance that is enough to push you into the draft and be successful in the draft. And so like, Brown I think is kind of at that cusp where if he has a really good weekend he potentially could decide to go. Wilson I think is a similar sort of thing. Yes, his his scoring has fallen off, but the NBA is full of players who can score. Doing all the extra things that Wilson does is not a talent that is really there for a lot of NBA stars um or I'm sorry, a, a lot of NBA players. So like they need to fill out rosters with guys that can do those sorts of things. And if he has a good a really good, you know, final four weekend, then he potentially could go as well. Now, obviously, selfishly, as a KU fan, I kind of hope both of those guys are back for next year because that'd be a heck of a core to build off of. But if they're going to, you know, have phenomenal weekends and push us to a national title, I, I would turn, you know, a national title, or I would give up having those guys next year for a national title this year. So I'm I am fully on board with them just absolutely going off. You know what? Both of them just go off run us to a national title this year. And then next year we can figure it out. Cause we got a lot Spengal of really great next guys. Next yeah. We got a lot of really great guys coming in next year and sure. Having those guys would put us in over the top as a good, you know, final four favorite uh next year as well. But you know, I, I'm willing to quote unquote rebuild with guys like Grady Dick next year, you know? So, you know, if, if, if it gets us a title this year, so um, but yeah, you know, I'm also looking at guys like Mitch Lightfoot. You mentioned his, you know, 900 year KU career <laughs> earlier this earlier in the episode, um, he's been around forever, but he is, you know, he's the guy that you want to succeed here. And he stepped up in a huge way in Miami, you know, against Miami in that second half. I feel like he can have a similar sort of role, can have a similar amount of success, especially against Villanova. Um, you know, whether that's just in Villanova or he could potentially find a similar sort of role in, you know, against Duke or, or even North Carolina. Um, Man, wouldn't it be something for him to have a game like Cole Aldrich had against North Carolina the last time that they faced them in in this weekend? So, like, it's one of those things where I, I think this is a game that Mitch is going to go out with a memorable performance. Hopefully it's a good memorable performance where he's, you know, going crazy. But, um, like, this is going to be his last opportunity, and I'm really excited to see what he's able to do. Even though I don't expect him to be one of the stars, I don't expect him to be one of the guys, I do get the feeling that we're going to come out of this weekend and be talking about what Mitch does you know for quite a while just because you know like maybe he has that that pass or that block that really kind of changes the tone of things he's done that multiple times in the insulate tournament even um and so like i'm really hoping that he has that moment that he can look back forever on as a look what i did in the final four look what i did in the national title game that led us to a championship and
2: the thing too about those guys I mean how many times throughout NCAA tournament final four championship game history has it been hey remember when that guy went off you know the one that always comes to my mind and, and granted it was in a losing effort so you wouldn't hope for that part like Spike Albrecht Spike Albrecht came out of absolutely nowhere to go off in uh for Michigan I believe it was in the national championship game the better part of a decade ago now like Maybe Mitch is that guy. And and that goes back to my point, though, that you have so many different guys who can impact the game. And yeah, I'm with you. I don't think Mitch Lifet's gonna go for you know fifteen and twelve and have a dominating post performance and you know three blocks in there as well against Villanova. But could he go out there, have eight points, three block shots, and grab four or five rebounds? You know, the Mitch slap has been on display plenty in this tournament. Yeah. You know, could he go out and do that? KU goes on a, a little bit of a cold streak. We get five minutes of Jalen Coleman lands. Can he come in and hit a three-pointer? I mean, this is the opportunity for those guys to come in, make a play. You don't have to do anything major to be a major contributor because, like, frankly, you've got you got 40 minutes to the rest of your lives. Like, it is it could all be over in 40 minutes. So it's got to be all hands on deck, and I'm not expecting, you know, Zach Clements to all of a sudden come in and, and go nuts but the guys who are actually going to play this is an opportunity to to cement your legacy forever maybe cement your NBA resume forever you know, you can look back even beyond KU at guys who had great runs in the NCAA tournament Joakim Noah was not going to be an early first round pick before Florida went on two back-to-back national title runs and he didn't even have outrageously good regular seasons those two years but he was amazing in march goes to the nba was a tremendous player for the bulls for a long time was the defense player of the year at one point in the nba like this is the opportunity to go off and do that so you know you could have the feel good guys like mitch who have been there forever and who you know because of the memes or not people love him he's become such a cult hero maybe it's the guys like ochai to cement what has been an unbelievable season just so many opportunities and and the nice thing for ku and you know, I don't want to talk about too much because the more you hype it up, the you know, the higher they go, the the farther they fall, but you've just got so many guys you could say, Oh yeah, I believe that Remy Martin could go off and save KU in this game. I believe that Christian Brown could pull the trigger a little bit more quickly with a little less timidness hit five, three pointers. And that's why KU advanced to the title game. You've just got so many different guys you could rely on. And on the defensive side too, you talked about how good the defense has been like, we saw Svi Kailuk, who was anything but a defensive stopper, lock down a future number two overall pick in the NBA draft and a top recruit from the year prior in an Elite Eight game. Like, this is the moment where dudes make their legacies. And, you know, so it's what made that 2020 team hurt that much worse, that Doke never got that moment. Devon Dotson never got that moment. Truly, even Marcus Garrett never really got that moment because last year's team was not nearly as good as 20 or this year. Right. Like this is the moment that we might we might remember Jalen Coleman lands forever because he hit that three right in Colin Gillespie's face with three seconds left in the game, whatever it might be. So that's the other part of this, kind of the beautiful mystery of this game that who is going to hopefully be on the right side and be the hero of the game
1: yeah i'm gonna have to go back and clip all of these you know quasi predictions that we've thrown out as possible (laughs) possible things that could clinch kansas moving on and when one of them hits we're gonna say look we talked about it on the on the podcast exactly we called it (laughs) but no um man i you know i am so excited for this game i know that you are before we get out of here for the night any any final thoughts you want to leave people with
2: yeah, you sort of alluded to this earlier. And, you know, enjoying the, the videos that have gone out and the, the KU athletic social media team has been top-notch. Uh, really, the entire NCAA tournament, the videos and the pictures and stuff, they, they pumped out. And, you know, I was watching on Thursday. They, they put out a behind-the-scenes video from the, the photo shoots. You know how during the, the commercial breaks and the intros during the Final Four in the championship game, they've got all the guys in front of the stage and dancing. And they got the starters out there and all right. that. And I saw, you know, a quick clip in that video – of remy martin dancing and i thought man remy martin came to ku for one year it was the weirdest season for a superstar that i can remember and he like he's been so much fun like this last three or four week stretch now for him has been like one of the most fun recent memories for ku basketball like i don't want that to end and one way or the other by midnight monday into tuesday it's going to be over. Like, like this ride is over. And that goes back to our original point, Andy, about, like, enjoy this. Enjoy this what it is. Enjoy watching Remy Martin go absolutely insane over the last month. Enjoy one of the greatest stories, storybook careers in KU history in Ochia Baji, from unheralded recruit to redshirt for half a year to consensus All-American. Like, enjoy that while he's there. I, I joked about the, the memes about Mitch Lightfoot. Mitch Lightfoot has been in school, has been at KU since I was a senior at KU, I'm 27 plus years old now. And I, I have not been at KU in quite some time. Like enjoy these guys while they're there. Cause this kind of group, especially with all the dudes who are seniors or have exhausted eligibility or are going to go test out the NBA. Like this group will never be together again after this weekend. So enjoy it for what it is. Hopefully it's a win, but you know, don't let the, and I'm not going to tell anyone how to be a fan, but I, and I'm trying to, convince myself of this too. don't let the stress of, well, what if we win? What if we lose detract from this is the final four. This is what you live for. This is what you go play major college basketball for. And, and enjoying these guys for being just an incredibly likable, fun KU basketball team.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny because, um, kind of to the same point. Like it, it, the players that have been on here, the way that we've seen them play, um, you know, we, we got to celebrate every single big win that they had this year, Or even over their careers, knowing that it was building to something else, right? And so no matter what happens this weekend, it's done. Like these guys don't get to come back, especially in this form. Um, you know, a good portion of the players that we've been watching for the last year plus, um, aren't going to be back at Kansas next year. And so it's going to be a completely different team that looks a lot different. Um, this has probably been one of the most fun groups. And I'm not just saying that because obviously, you know, they're here with a chance to win a national title. This has legitimately been one of the most fun groups to watch. Um, we probably get more access to these guys now get to interact with them more than we did previously. But, you know, uh, and, and maybe part of this is, you know, a little bit of bias on my part, getting to see some of them at like Big 12 media days and stuff like that. But it, it just feels like these guys have been more outgoing. They've really kind of shown us more about what they're about than, than a lot of the prior ones. And so I've really enjoyed getting to watch these guys. Um, you know, I am I'm absolutely thrilled by the fact that there's a TN on this team as well, because like Bill Self was, was talking about, it's like, man, the, the TNs are like, you know, the, the Royal family of Kansas basketball, because every single final four that he's been to has had a, a, a TN on that team, uh, which is absolutely hilarious to think about. But, uh, you know, um, Chris or yeah is it's Chris Christian and Mitch Lightfoot were the only two players that are on this roster that were at the Final 4 last time. And so for them to be able to start their careers with the Final 4 and be able to come back to the Final 4 now and hopefully win a championship this time would be absolutely phenomenal for those guys what they've been able to do this year. Um you you made the point about Remy Martin and kind of, you know, just the way that he was jiving uh, back there, you know, Christian had his his, you know, interview segment they've been doing those with each of the players where they like go and, you know, show all the behind the scenes stuff and um you know, he he brought on, or he, he got Remy Martin to come over and kind of talk about it. And, you know, Remy was talking about how, uh, I believe his quote was, the energy is impeccable or something to that effect. And, like, just the vibe that he had, like, the way that he's enjoying himself, you can tell he's the guy that's the most hyped up. You can see the energy that he brings to the team just from that, like, small clip there. Uh, so I am really excited to see what these guys are able to do in the Final Four. And, and to your point, like, everything they've done in this season, all the big wins that they've had are building up to this week. So enjoy this week, go find all the content you can have, you can, whether it's, you know, our podcast here, whether it's all the KU basketball stuff that's being put out. If it's a lot of the fan made content, you know, I'm talking about like, like Jayhawk talk friends of the podcast here, you know, they put out their, their, uh, final four playlist, fantastic songs that are on it. It's absolutely hilarious stuff. Um, yes, a lot of it is is cringeworthy just because, you know, trying to make a song about players that you've watched play or, you know, basketball, uh, like a team that you follow. It's difficult to do that and make it sound really good like the music you're used to listening to. But it's all great stuff. It's got great memories attached. It's got hilarious jokes that are attached to it. So I highly recommend go find as much of that stuff as you can. Enjoy as much of it as you possibly can between now and now. And when the games start or even during the games this weekend, um, you know, and, and, and of course, hopefully we get to listen back to all of that next week, having, celebrating a national championship. I also really hope that we get to talk on Sunday, previewing a national title game with KU in it. Cause you can, I can guarantee you right now, I am going to do everything I possibly can to make sure that that happens if Kansas moves on to the title game. So, um, Brendan, I, I know we haven't done this in a while, but for those that don't know where they can find your work, where, where can they find you?
2: Yes, so you can check out 580 Sports Talk. It is every Monday through Friday, 2 to 6 p.m. on 580 WIBWAM out of Topeka. You can also find me on Twitter at BrendanDZW.
1: I really appreciate you coming on. I I really enjoy having your work over at Blue Wings Rising as well. But you know what? This is one of those things as well. There's so many great... Uh, sources for KU news for KU commentary. Um, we have a lot of radio hosts are in this area that do a really great job. So I'm happy to have you on here. Happy to have you kind of bringing that perspective as well. But I'm also super thankful for you guys for listening to the podcast. Thank you so much. If you have not already, please do go out wherever you get your podcast, it's Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there. Just search for rock chalk podcast. So you can subscribe, get every episode as soon as it comes out. We love bringing the content to you guys. We we'd love to bring it to you guys, get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So if you give us a rating and a review, um, whether it's five stars and really nice comments, which we'd absolutely love, or you you know, can't can't do that and need to like let us know what it is we can be doing better. We um, you know, we again love to bring this stuff to you guys, want to get you all the information in as entertaining a way as possible. So if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, Anything like that, you can contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. Uh, we are part of the 1012 podcast network. Look, it's a great, it's been a great year for the Big 12 conference. Um, and of course it's great that Kansas is the, is the representative in the final four, but there's a lot of people covering a lot of great teams here in the conference. And that looks really good for the rest of the conference as well. Uh, but so go over on Twitter at TEN12 networks. You can find links to all the great shows we have over there. Anchor. FM slash rock dash chalk dash podcast slash message. I want your guys voice on the show, especially when great things happen this weekend. I'm going to want your reactions. I hope that our, our Tuesday show is just going to be 45 minutes of people reacting to the game. Um, cause I would love to put that out there. So head on over there, give me some sort of message so I can get your voice on the show, but that's going to do it for us today. Make sure you visit our sponsor home field apparel. Um, and, but thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you guys next time on the rock chalk podcast.
0: If you love the Big 12, then we have the show for you the 10 12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 conference forget the sec forget the big 10 and forget national podcasts that only talk about oklahoma and texas we talk about the schooners and the longhorns we also talk about the cyclones the cowboys the wildcats the mountaineers the jayhawks the red raiders the horn frogs and the bears we love the whole big 12 and we are available everywhere that podcasts are found so go and find the 1012 podcast and subscribe today